From the pages of his award-winning short stories, host Troy Smith will take you on a journey across the plains of the Wild West or maybe a thousand light years away on a planet in a far-off solar system. So kick back and let your imagination run wild on this journey. The Tennessee Wordsmith starts now. Hello, you're listening to the podcast Tennessee Wordsmith. Selected short stories by Troy D. Smith, which happens to be me. I'm a local writer, born in Sparta, been closely connected with Cookville and Crossville over the years. I'm also a uh, history professor at Tennessee Tech, but this particular broadcast is aimed more on my other my other line, uh, being an author of fiction. I'm going to be sharing several short stories with you, and today we're going to be concluding the story, The Sin of Eli. We're coming to you from the Henson Oakley Podcast Center. Henson Oakley Family Dentistry at West Jackson Street in Cookville, now offering Zoom teeth widening. Let us continue now. On the second day, he passed a young family on the road. Their wagon wheel had given out on them. The husband had been thrown from his seat and suffered a broken arm. He was gamely trying to fix his wheel with one arm, face white with pain, while his wife swayed back and forth with a screaming infant. "'Thank God you come by, mister,' the young man said. Then his mouth slowly fell open in shock as Darnell rode past him without a word. "'For God's sake, we need help!' the injured man cried out. "'For God's sake!' Any other day, Darnell would have stopped to help, but there was no time. It was no longer God's sake that drove him on. Still his face burned with shame. He half turned in the saddle. I'm real sorry, he told them. If I pass anybody, I'll send them back, but I can't stop. He almost added that he would pray for them, but he knew that to them it would seem like adding insult to injury. Besides, his prayers at this point might do a body more harm than good. He rode on, therefore, the injured man's impassioned curses following behind him. That night, he took the time to build a fire and cook up some bacon to go with his cold corn dodgers. It was almost done when his hobbled horses whinnied. Darnell was on his haunches, gloved hand on the handle of the skillet he was just about to draw out of the fire. His head jerked up at once, eyes alert. There had been no Indian trouble in these parts for years, but it was still not beyond the realm of possibility. It was no Indian voice that called out to him, though. Howdy, friend. That sure smells mighty good. Two men rode near Darnell's camp and dismounted. They stepped out of the shadows. They were unshaven and trail-worn. Mind if we warm up by your fire for a little spell, mister? I don't mind, Darnell said. Y'all can eat this bacon if you want. I'll make more. He knew this would mean going hungry later, but he could not be inhospitable, especially after having left the stranded family behind him earlier. That had been in the afternoon, though, and he could not afford to burn any daylight to help him. He was done riding for the night now, and he could afford to be a good host. If you boys are headed north, he said, there's a young family up the trail with a broke wagon wheel. Unless somebody else has come along to help them, I reckon they're in a bad way. Maybe you can help him out if you come across him. I ain't got no plates or nothing. You might want to find something to set this bacon on. It's hot as the dickens. 
"'Why, that's mighty kind of you, mister,' the taller of the two said. He was apparently the leader. He seemed to do all the talking. "'Offering to share your supper with a couple of total strangers "'and worried about some poor travelers at the same time. "'That's plum Christian.' "'I try.' "'The other men spoke for the first time. "'Seems like I remember the Lord said "'if somebody was to ask you for your coat, "'give him your cloak as well.' "'I recall that.' Well, number two continued, it don't seem Christian. You have them two fine horses, and you just a useless old man. Darnell's eyes narrowed. What are you getting at? The leader's hand dropped to his pistol. In a flash, Darnell tossed the pan of sizzling bacon grease at the leader's face with his left hand while drawing his own pistol with his right. The leader screamed in agony. His gun had cleared leather, but he dropped it to clasp both hands to his burned face. His partner went for his own gun, but only after a moment of shocked hesitation. Darnell put two bullets into him, and the man's gun flew away as he spun and fell. The leader was on his knees, feeling in his dirt, feeling in the dirt for his lost weapon. Darnell put a bullet in his forehead, and he dropped like a wet sack. Darnell stood silent, almost in shock himself as the smoke curled from the barrel of his coat. He had never killed a man, not even in the war that he knew of, and was rather amazed that it had happened so quickly. The second bandit moaned weakly. Darnell walked over to him. The man managed to roll over onto his back. You're, you're just a darned old farmer, he gasped. We've shot our way through posses. This is crazy. He coughed and frothy blood bubbled from his mouth. Holy God, the man said, you've killed me. When's the last time you seen your pa, boy? What? Your pa. How long since you've seen your pa? Heck, I don't know. I reckon he loves you, son, even if you're a piece of trash. My pa's an ignorant old farmer like you and mean as a snake. I don't give a hang what he thinks or you neither. He coughed again and moaned in pain. His fingers scratched the dirt as his arms swept up and down, trying desperately to find his own weapon, just as his partner had. I'll tell you the same thing I told that family back yonder, Darnell said. I'm truly sorry, but I ain't got time to fool with you. He shot the outlaw in the head and cooked up some more bacon. You were listening to the podcast, Tennessee Wordsmith. Selected short stories by Troy D. Smith. Coming to you from the Henson Oakley Podcast Center, Henson Oakley Family Dentistry, located at West Jackson Street in Cookville, now offering Zoom teeth whitening. He was almost too late. The whole town, it seemed, was gathered around the scaffold, and maybe folks from several towns close by. The preacher stood up there, Bible in hand, and a fat, middle-aged man whose badge glinted in the afternoon sun. There was only one other figure on the scaffold. A sack had been pulled over his head, and the noose was fitted around his neck. Robert Darnell did not need to see a face to recognize his only son. He dropped the lead rope of the chestnut which trailed behind him and spurred the flanks of the roan. He galloped straight into the gathered crowd. People scrambled out of his way to avoid being trampled, and trampled them he would have. He reined in near the base of the structure and hopped out of the saddle. 
two rangy men with rifles, deputies, stepped toward him. Spence, he yelled up. I'm here, Spence. Pa, the outlaw called back, his voice muffled by the sack. Is that you, Pa? It's me. I'm with you, son. I'm with you. The sheriff looked flustered. I reckon it's providence you made it here in time, mister, the sheriff said, but we can't delay this none. It was in that moment, while the deputy's eyes were on their speaking boss, that Robert Darnell put his desperate plan into action. The army coat seemed to leap into his hand, just as it had with the horse thieves. Darnell had never known or even dreamed that he was especially fast with a gun. He shot down both the deputies in almost the same instant. Men shouted all around him and women screamed. Darnell looked all around, desperate, scanning the crowd for more deputies, hoping for them. Nobody expected this crazy old man to show up to rescue Spence Darnell from the gallows, folks said afterward. That was a bold plan. But they were mistaken. Such was not Robert Darnell's plan and never had been. His first goal had been merely to lay eyes on his beloved son, to hear his voice one more time in this world. As for the rest of his plan, he had expected far more resistance and a far better prepared constabulary. Like the horse thieves, they had not expected such deadly and efficient action from the frail-looking rancher. He had killed the two men almost before he himself had realized it, and before he realized there were no more deputies in sight. Once he started shooting, Robert Darnell had expected to be cut down by a hail of bullets. In fact, he had planned on it. His goal was twofold to see his living son, and never to spend a single instant knowing that his son was dead. One such instant would be worse than an eternity in hell, and he was willing to trade that eternity for avoiding the instant. But no bullets came. The sheriff, rather than drawing his own gun, stepped toward the lever which would open eternity beneath Spence's feet. Robert Darnell emptied his revolver rapidly into the lawman's large gut. The sheriff had reached the lever, though, and as he fell, it went down with him. Spence dropped, then bounced at the end of the rope with a horrible snap. No! The snap signified not only the breaking of Spence Darnell's neck, but of his father's heart, and so he sank to his knees in the dust. They were too weak to support the weight that was upon him. Rough hands grabbed at him and threw him to the ground. He was smothered by the weight of bodies. The townspeople had found their courage when Darnell ran out of bullets. In the back of his mind, he was dimly aware that he would be locked away until such time as a noose would be fitted for him. His own body would take the drop and dance though it might. The soul would be ripped from it and continue its plummet straight into hell and to his son. But it did not matter. He had not been spared. All the soothing flames of hell could not strip away the awful pain of knowing his son was dead before him. Like Eli, he could not escape God's punishment for his sin, not 
even by fleeing to the devil. The bodies of his attackers bore ever harder upon him until he could scarcely breathe. My son, my son, would that I could die for thee, my son, my son. The end. You've been listening to the Tennessee Wordsmith. Download your favorites and keep up with new episodes in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center. 